you're on a hot date with Jennifer Golden and Lauren Leonelli. And now, it's complicated. As you all know, we're big proponents of self-improvement, which is why you've probably heard us talk about this brand new app that helps you improve in six different and necessary areas. Shape and Foster is a lifestyle development app that provides monthly actionable insight from experts in mental health, financial planning, nutrition, fitness, yoga, and even a life coach. And you have a village of Shape and Foster users going through all of these courses right alongside you. In a world where we are learning more and more each day that we have little control in what happens around us, the one thing we can control is how we show up for ourselves. And this is a one-stop shop for self-improvement. If you guys are single, now is the time to really focus on you and who you want to be. If you're coupled up, this is a great app to help you grow together and maybe spice things up a bit. Visit www.shapeandfoster.com for your 14-day free trial. And take advantage of the special membership price of only $99 annually to make your life like so much better. And that's only $14 monthly. You can thank us later. Hello, Master Daters. Welcome back for another episode of It's Complicated. The struggle is real when you're dating in the city. I'm Jen. And I'm not Jen. You know how you text your friends, but obviously not Jen, and ask them what to wear on the first date, how to respond to a text from your crush, or to weigh in on whether you should post a certain pic on the socials? Well, that's what we call your village, and we think you can't date or relate without them, including not Jen. Join our village, but not Jen, every week because we're serving you expert guests who are filled with tips and tricks that will take some of the guessing out of that game. Make sure you subscribe and share our pod with your friends so we can help the village grow even bigger. Yes, please do. And you can find us at It's Complicated Podcast wherever you get your pods. And don't forget to tell a not Jen. Relationships in the workplace is a widely debated topic. Lord knows I've wanted to have a sexy makeout in a secret closet at the workplace and have nobody know, but is it appropriate? Have you guys ever done it? Is it grounds for firing employees? I think it is. Like you have to maybe commit a dollar or something and like sign a document. Is that even a real thing anymore? Hard to say if it's your workplace's business at all. It's scary to fall for someone in your professional life, and it's even more scary to think that you could be judged differently for entering into a work romance just based on your gender, a little old thing you cannot change. Or I guess you can change it, but let's say you don't want to. That's why we're excited to have former police officer turned author Janelle Perez in to discuss exploring a personal relationship in a professional environment, why and when it's okay to act on your feelings, and how your gender can affect how your employer and coworkers view your choice. Janelle Perez was a police officer in Roseville, California, that's Northern California, guys, when she began having a relationship with a fellow officer. They were equal rank and didn't break any rules on relationships in the workplace, but Janelle was fired and he wasn't. Janelle's memoir, The Moral Police, details the discrimination she faced throughout the investigation and her case that eventually made it to the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals, where the question became, Does a workplace have a right to say who an employee can and cannot have sex with? In The Moral Police, Janelle shares a story of her seven-year fight for justice in the biggest betrayal of her life, providing an insider's look at how, as a female police officer, Janelle shares what happens when you follow the rules and respect the process in a system that just doesn't respect you. No matter your gender or profession, 
you're going to gain valuable insight into the power of leadership and the devastation caused when it's misused. This book will inspire you to fight for what's right and will reveal how we can come together and do better as a society. Lord knows we all need that, guys. She's not arrested about her romantic development. Welcome to the show, Janelle. Thanks so much for having me. I'm so excited to be with you guys tonight. We are excited to have you and to talk about this super interesting subject matter. Love the title of your book because of the play on words, the moral police, because obviously that's insinuating that the leadership where you were working was in charge of morality and you were also a police woman. So love the play on words there. Tell us a bit about what went down from the very beginning. Obviously we love a good love story and we know that this one did not end with a happy ending. So walk us through how things started with your coworker. Well, it was, you know, I would say innocent enough in the beginning. Um, I remember the first interaction I had was some range training when I was a new hire. So um, he was in charge of doing uh, myself and there were another, another officer had started with me. And so we were doing some range training. He was um, our instructor. Um, nothing bizarre, unusual at that point in time, but Later down the road, when we started working on the same shift and I got off of my field training, so I was by myself in a car, um, some of the officers went out to have drinks after work on what we called our Friday. And um, that's when I first got to know um, this person that I ended up dating. And after that time that we went to drinks, um, I remember we tried to get together as a team another time, but multiple people couldn't go. There was uh, one person on our shift that I wasn't very fond of, and so I left it on um, this person that I was um, interested in, I guess I could say. Um, I left it on him to invite him or not, which he did not at the time. So um, we, didn't, we decided to go out for drinks, and we stayed for quite a while and talking about our lives and that sort of thing. And it was at that point um, when we went out, I would say I was interested in him um, based on our conversations that we had. And after that point, I remember he sent me a text message while I was at work because he didn't have my personal phone number. So he, he texted me on a work phone and asked me if I had missed him and I sent him back my phone number because I was not going to start messaging on a work phone. So, um, and that's when, um, you know, we got together again and had drinks and that's kind of where things started. So. Okay. So the messaging, well, first of all, this sounds kind of like, let's just take all of the ending and all of the drama and all of the heartache and the stress and everything this caused, this sounds like a very normal thing. Like, okay, yeah, I'm new at this workplace. Like, you know, you bond with all your coworkers. A lot of people go out for happy hour or drinks with their coworkers. A lot of people have teams that they like do personal stuff with. And then, yeah, like, is it not that weird to like catch the eye of someone you're attracted to? Like, hope that they're there, kind of talk to them, makes work a little exciting. Like, these little events are fun after because this person may show up and then like things happen you guys have drinks like you may go home with each other you may not like seeing each other at work the next day might be weird I mean this happened this is very normal sounding and like in a normal world where nobody's getting like you know screwed over like it sounds kind of fun and exciting right like you're both 
single because you're separated and like able to date. So why not? But the texting on the work phone. So like he initiated that and you will have the wherewithal to say like, that shouldn't be happening. Was that one of the protocol that like, that's not okay to do? Yeah. I mean, anything that is personal in nature shouldn't be happening on like work phones or work computers. And just to clarify, like we, neither of us were separated at that time. Um, We didn't separate until we had a conversation about how we were both interested in each other, but neither of us wanted to pursue anything until we were separated. So um, it was, you know, I think we were each other's support system during that time. We were both pretty broken people. And so I think um, we helped each other through that, through that hard time. But we definitely, I definitely knew better than to use um, the work phone. And so obviously that's why I texted him my personal phone number. So, but yes, in police work, it's a big no-no to, to spend your personal time, um, you know, messaging or calling on, on a work device. So are there other specific rules in terms of like internal fraternization, if that's even what they call it anymore, that are only specific to police work? Or are there things that are just general HR that you had to follow, you know, to maintain a relationship? Or did you guys just keep it secret the whole time? No, I think that um, each agency is different. I knew at the agency I was at that there was a policy that you could not be in in a relationship with somebody who was superior to you, Um, but we held the same rank, so that didn't apply to us. Um, We definitely did not keep our relationship secret the whole time. we went out and went to dinner and, and to movies and we went grocery shopping and we did things in public. So it definitely was not a secret um, until later on when uh, I was reprimanded and then, you know, essentially told that this behavior, this relationship will not be tolerated. That's when we decided to keep things more to ourselves. That's so wild. I mean, for first of all, for people to say that it would not be tolerated when you obviously took it very seriously yourselves and you made a point to uh, get separated and be on the same page amongst yourselves and not let it become, you know, more dramatic than it should for them to step in and decide it's intolerable. Like how does that even work? Were you guys having arguments at the office? Were you partners where it might've affected your like health and well being? No, we we worked for a short time on the same shift, but not the whole time. Um, but we were super professional at work. There was never any like we didn't have like secret meetings or or do anything that was abnormal that we didn't do with other people on our shift. Like I was extremely officer safety conscious. I would never put anybody else at at risk and. Um, I knew better personally. So our relationship developed off duty and we, you know, saw each other off duty. It was not an on duty thing, but, um, you know, unfortunately they did an investigation, um, and they found that there was nothing going on on duty, but they made a lot of moral, um, judgments and, um, you know, they had them in writing that our relationship was not okay because we were married coworkers. So how long did this relationship go on before they actually brought you in? Um, I believe a couple months until I was probably from when we first started seeing each other dating until I was pulled in for an interview. Yeah. Maybe two to three months. 
So you're pulled in for an interview and then you're like, oh shit, right? Like, I'm sure that made you nervous and you felt like, wait, I didn't think I was doing anything wrong. And now like my livelihood is endangered. I feel like I'm in trouble. Like what the hell? Then you call this person or who, whatever you meet up with this person after that you're having the relationship with. And you're like, this happened. And he's like, this didn't happen to me. Like what? And then you're like, uh, why? Yeah. Well, we both got pulled in. So, um, you know, we were both like interviewed for the process if I'm understanding what you're saying right. But right, okay, um, then that makes sense. It was both of you. Because I was going to say that seems unfair off the jump that they pulled yeah. you in. And did they ask you both like to stop doing this? Like, because it, you, you weren't keeping it a secret, not you weren't like acting on like romantic, like flirting or doing anything like that, like on the job, but you guys weren't keeping it secret, like to anybody else, like you were just out in public in the world, figuring if the, the department finds out, who cares? Like you're not doing anything wrong. So when they pulled you in, were you like, wait a minute, what did you question? Like, why is this a problem? And how did you even feel during their interview? Yeah, well, I was probationary. So I knew like, this is not a good situation to be in being on probation. So I was like, logical, knowing that, you know, I shouldn't be in an investigation while I'm on probation. But then I was also, I thought logical, thinking, well, they can't do anything when I'm having a relationship with someone off duty, because I knew we did not do anything on duty. And there was no way we could get in trouble for anything in regards to, to on duty. So, um, I didn't think that they could be involved in terminating me legally because I was in a relationship, which obviously they don't, they're not claiming that's the reason. Um, but that's what I feel. So, um, yeah, I was definitely, it was an, oh shit, this is not a good situation, but I was honest with, you know, in the whole investigation and the investigation found, um, you know, well, it's kind of tricky because the investigation when I was terminated was not completed. But when I was terminated, the investigation um, had sustained findings that I violated some policies. What were the policies? Because were you really, you know, doing that? Or were these policies like just conveniently dug up later on? Yeah, one was um, unbecoming of a police officer. Um, And then the other one, I believe had something I don't don't remember the exact verbiage, but something to do with like delaying and delay in response, um, something like that. But I obviously fought both of them because I, I said there was absolutely no evidence that anything happened um, where I violated the policies um, because in what their written documentation, you know, it was a married coworker and it was wrong behavior. And um, I thought that's more of what it was than me doing anything wrong. So after I was terminated, I was, I think, you know, maybe 10 days later, something like that, I received um, a call from a lieutenant at the department asking to meet them to get revised findings. And those findings now showed that um, they were unsustained. So they took them away. They said, you're right. We t- we're not finding you guilty of these two findings. Um, but then they um, added a new third one that was never on the first one, um, which was violation of the cell phone policy. So they added that so they could get me on something. <gasps> Wait, they got you on the one text that he sent that said that where you sent your phone number? No, no, they, they didn't get me on that. They said, um, so when the investigation had started, they had um, his personal cell phone records were provided to 
the department. And so they had found, I think in the month of May, I have it in my book. Um, I think in the whole month of May, I made five phone calls to his personal cell phone um, while I was working, which is to me totally reasonable. You work a 10 to 12 hour shift. I mean, you have to go to the bathroom. There's things you get a lunch break, you get breaks in your shift. I don't think a 10 or 15 minute phone call is unreasonable by any means. All the officers do it. Um, but they decided, you know, that they had to hit me with something. So that's what I got. So, so. you know, clearly they're constructing some narrative to make you look like you're doing something wrong because if you're not like if you're married and you're on a shift and you call your husband to check in on the kids or whatever, they're going to fucking fire you. I don't think so. Yeah. They're going to like, if anything, they're going to see that this might be happening a lot, which why would they even look into someone's cell phone bill anyway, but let's just say they did because they're bored. Like, why would that even, you would then just bring the person in and be like, listen, we're a little worried that like things on your shift aren't, you're not paying attention or whatever the hell they call it in the department. Like Mm -hmm. this is a slap on the wrist. Like they're clearly searching for something. So uh, this is the thing. What do you feel was the real reason that they had you like on the chopping block? Like, what do you, what does your gut say that they, their problem was that they found that like, they found it bad that you were married and like dating somebody else because, but what does that have to do with them? Like, what was it? I think, um, and I've always thought this, um, I stood up for myself. So when I was told that I, I violated two policies, um, the captain had pulled me in and I said, you know, I don't agree with this. Um, are you like forcing me to sign this document? And he said, no. And I said, okay, then I will not sign it because I did not violate those policies. Um, that was my first mistake because he had a lot of power in the department. And I think, um, being a woman standing up to him sealed my fate. Um, I also think that it's very acceptable behavior um, if you look at, you know, all the information that I had, I knew about the police department. There was an alleged swingers club that I had heard about. It was all men involved in that. But like it was fine for men to be involved in a relationship outside their marriage. But for a woman, it was not. So I feel like it was gender based, but it was also, you know, me standing up for myself. It was my marital status. They didn't agree with what I was doing. So I think there was a combination. Goodness gracious, because if we also look at like just the police force and their reputation right now in the news as a concept, I mean, to think that this is the one thing that they're focused on and that it's harming them and their reputation in some way, like you're saying also about the swinger situation and just Mm -hmm. everything else that could be a bigger issue than you having a consensual romantic and sounds serious relationship with a coworker that you actually handled quite properly. But of course, you know, it is what it is and we cannot control people's prejudices or, or how they handle their own business, except that, you know, we can try our best just like you did. But how was the male officer that you were seeing treated? Because it sounds like obviously he got off. Yes. So they, you know, obviously said, well, 
he is not on probation. So, you know, they hit him with the exact, they did exactly the same thing. So they found the two sustained findings and then later they unsustained them and then they hit him with the cell phone violation as well. Um, but obviously he kept his job. He wasn't probationary. So um, that's, that was their reason behind that. So just because he was not probationary. So then you lost your job and he kept his. What happened with your relationship? Um, it went downhill pretty quickly. So I was obviously very angry. Um, you know, he had, you know, let me know many times that he would do anything for me and he would, t- you know, he would lose his job and so I could keep mine, et cetera, et cetera. And so I was um, obviously very unhappy with how things played out. And I think that really affected our relationship. I just couldn't, um, you know, I had not listened to advice that for my dad that I wish I had listened to now. Um, you know, he said, just wait till you're off probation. I know how things work. They can get you for anything. They can make up a reason. So I wish I had listened, um, but I didn't. And so I kind of had to just accept the cards I was dealt. But um, yeah, we ended, we stopped seeing each other. I was terminated in September and I believe we stopped seeing each other around November. So, oh, so it was kind of like a fairly short romance from beginning to end. Yeah, it was. I think obviously losing my job had something to do with it. But in the end, um, I could see that he was not the right person for me because he really brought out, I'd say, the worse in me and not the better in me. And I discovered you know, later on too late in life, I think I wish I had learned earlier that you need somebody in a relationship uh, who brings out the best in you. And I did not see that with him. So how did you and and this is obvious, right? Because it's like, I'm not going to blame it all on him. But it seems like even just in general, the energy surrounding this person was not good, right? Like, he kind (laughs) of like, started he was like the one to start to break the rules right he initiated it which great fine whatever it's not the end of the world but like then you're like going out and you're doing all these things and he's in within a couple of months telling you hey I'd lose my job for you I would you know we've all been there I dated some guy after like one month was like I'll move to LA he was up in the Bay Area and that's where I'm from and he was like I'll move to LA and be there with you and then like a week later told my best friend I never said that to her I wouldn't do that to my best friend like hello that's not a great obviously you're lying but it's not a great thing to like lay all that kind of stuff out on the table like that soon into the relationship? Like, wouldn't you say that's a little bit of a red flag in retrospect? Yeah, I think there were numerous red flags in retrospect. But like, honestly, where I was at in my life and not dealing with issues from my past, like I was very broken as a person. Um, You know, I wish like I definitely believe in regret and wish things, you know, could be different. I wish I had never gotten involved with him. But I can't change the past. I can only, you know, really focus on the present and what's to come. But, you know, I it's live and learn sort of thing. I'm doing, you know, my best with what I was dealt. And I think that's, you know, one of the reasons I wanted to share my story because I wholeheartedly believe that I was totally wronged. Um, by losing my job over a relationship. I believe that there are so many relationships in this world. Um, people have lots of different relationships. Many people can have multiple partners. And who is it like, who should judge you? Like your workplace should not decide who you can and can't see. I just think it's, 
it should be a clear violation of the law when something like that happens. No, I have to like say, I mean, it's totally your jam if you want to believe in regret. And yeah, regret is a thing. But to me, I'm just like, this is your story to tell. Like it might've caused a lot of pain and heartbreak in the time, but like you are, this happened to you so that you could help and tell the story and help other people. Like it's not an accident that you wrote a book. And if the ending didn't turn out right now, the way you wanted it to be, that doesn't mean that the story isn't more important or that the journey through it isn't something that teaches you something bigger or something teaches other people something bigger. I feel like I didn't go through it, so I can't say, and I'm sure that there's a lot of negative energy surrounding this that like weighs on you, but it just feels like this is a, the bigger thing is like that you came through this and that you're telling the story and that you still stand by what you believe in and that you're here to help other people. Like if this is happening to you as a woman, there's a lot of jobs out there that are male dominated, like news anchors and stand up comedians and actors. And there's like a ton of people that can relate to you that aren't police officers that like have felt wronged because they're a woman. And especially right now, like everyone's speaking up about this. It's perfect time to get people on board and like see this story that like is kind of like an untouched area of the, like the inequalities that happen with the gender roles and things. So I just feel like your regret, I'm not trying to take that away, but it just seems like such a big story to help people. And like, this is your, this is your like calling or your job now, you know? Yeah. I'm definitely trying to make the best out of what happened, which is why, you know, I've done what I've done so far. Um, And sharing my story is very important to me, but I think that regret comes from, you know, wishing it never happened. So I didn't have to experience all of the pain and trauma that I did, but you're right. I be, I do believe in the bigger picture. And I think that there's a reason um, that I was put in the situation and, you know, I made the choices that I did at the time and I'm definitely trying to uh, make the most of it now and do what's right. So. And to what you said also about how there are multiple kinds of relationships. We actually on this podcast talk about all of those types of uh, dynamics that are maybe unconventional. We even have an episode coming out next week about sex trends for 2021. And like you were saying, there are some people that are in like polypods and have multiple partners and that's okay because you can do whatever you want in your private life. And you guys actually kept it private, which is awesome. And like to private to the, to the, in the effect of not making your jobs about your relationship and, and taking it into the workplace in a dramatic and uh, toxic way. But the fact that you handled it the way that you did is quite shocking that the result ended up being what it was. And it, and it is hard not to point it at just your, straight up your gender, because again, it was only you who was punished for the behavior, not him. And now you are the one who also had to build yourself back up after the fact However, you did build yourself back up into finding love again. What was that like going through that process again and trusting someone? Well, it's, you know, it's such a crazy story. So my husband and I um, are back together. So we separated for 
over a year and um, during when all of this happened. So um, we did actually file for divorce. We just never um, officially got divorced. So um, about uh, sometime in 2013, we decided to, we went to therapy and we decided to, um, you know, to try to work on things. And it was more um, about me, you know, when I was very broken from things that had happened in my past. And so I went to a lot of individual therapy before this, but then we went to couples therapy and um, worked on our relationship. And we really started off slow, like um, essentially like dating again is what we did and, and just progressed our relationship. And I would honestly say that this point in our lives, we are stronger than we've ever been. I don't wish to be in any anywhere else than what I am and what I have right now. So um, it's the whole story looking at it is a little bizarre, but it's my story and, um, you know, definitely at a really good place right now. I think that is really smart advice in there. Like relationships are not easy. They're complicated. That's why we have this show. And this is, again, something that a lot of people can relate to having, you know, some, some sort of something from your childhood baggage, if you will, or whatever from your past that kind of filters into your adult life. And when you don't deal with that, it does end up like surfacing somewhere. And if that, those kind of things were affecting you and you felt broken and you felt like your relationship was being affected by it. And then this relation, other relationship happened. If that happens to people, this is a common thing. So if you then are going back to a relationship that you think, okay, this is really important. Like these outside things affected me. I did these things and I want to try and make it better now. Like starting to enter into a relationship again that you're either divorcing from, getting back together, even if it's just a simple breakup and getting back together, dating, starting over and like essentially dating all over again is a very smart thing to do because you have to build everything back up from the beginning. And it's hard to do that when you know somebody, especially if you're married to them, like Mm -hmm. it's hard to start over. You just kind of like jump back in, right? Like you're comfortable with each other, you know the person, but because you and your now husband started slow dating again and building this natural trust back up again, I have to say that seems to me as to why this probably is working. I mean, maybe it's because you believe you're meant to be and he's the one for you and you've been through these things together and they made you stronger. But like, that has probably a lot to do with it. You guys started slow and built from the bottom back up again, like a brand new foundation. Yeah. Like we, we were living apart. So I think it made it easy to kind of start, um, you know, dating and and do things a little bit slower in the beginning, but you know, I really believe that it took me the time that it did to work on myself as a person, um, because he is honestly the most selfless, wonderful human that I've ever met. But I just did not allow myself to go that deep in the beginning because I was so broken and had so many of my own personal issues. So um, it took me time to, you know, to learn all of these things um, and heal. But it definitely was worth it because, like I said, I'm, you know, in a position in my life now where I'm, I don't see myself anywhere else and I'm very happy. So it was, it was, I guess, in a very odd way, it was all worth it. So Well, that's a great place to end up. And I, you know, we did talk about how you might have had regret, but for you to get there with your husband is 
unfortunately a bumpy road and a long process of, you know, a seven year whole debacle. But if you are in a better place now than you've ever been and you're happy where you are, then again, like you're saying, it is worth it. But how can people who are potentially facing a similar situation at work where they're either considering dating a coworker or they are in a relationship with a coworker or they're just flat out being treated unfairly because of their gender, how can they fight for what's right at their workplace? I think it's important to know the rules because I think there's different rules in different workplaces. But, um, you know, I would say, you know, you just especially like I can just relate to police work, for example, like there's you spend so much time with these people. You get to know them so well. There's so many police officers that just have friends that are police officers. Um, That's how close the circle is. And I would say, you know, to make sure if you're, you know, interested in a relationship, I would make sure that you're doing everything right and you're keeping it off duty and don't don't mix it in the workplace. That would be my biggest piece of advice. Um, but I also I don't believe that the you know your employer should be dictating who you can and can cannot see. So I think that you know you should stand by and you know be strong and and go for what you believe in and that sort of thing. And if you do feel like you're being discriminated against, it's so much easier to say than to do. But really having that courage, finding that courage to stand up for yourself. I know that happened to seal my fate in my case, but. You know, it really, I feel like it takes a big group of us to stand up and say, this is not right. We will not tolerate this anymore. And, um, you know, no woman should be losing a job and a man should be keeping it. I, I feel like there should be equal playing grounds. So, so that's how I feel about about that. There, I mean, that is so how everyone should feel. It just sounds like, like a regular thing to say, because I'm sitting here going, how could this even be? You know, your story is so wacky in that sense that it just doesn't even seem real, right? Like, why on earth would there be any difference in treatment if there's just a rule that they think is being broken, then fine, if they want to like, be nitpicky about it, but like you both did it. So what, why it just doesn't even seem like there's a way to go to court and like, what could their possible argument be? And um, you know, we know the end it didn't end in your favor, but it sounds like your personal life is back on track and everything in that regard is great. And, you know, it may have taken all of this to get to back to where you are, but maybe that's your story and your journey and relationships look complicated and different to everybody. So thank you so much, Janelle, for sharing your story. And this is just really, I'm sure helpful for so many people who are just thinking about like the crush they might have at work and how to be careful now and how to know when it's okay to just go for it because those are your real feelings, but like do it in the correct way. And then if something happens, you have to stand up for yourself, like fight for equality. I think that that should be the message and don't have regrets. Like this is love matters and everyone should be treated equally for who they love and when they're loving and why they want to love. And this should not even be a thing, but you're very brave for telling the story. So thank you again so much and remind everyone where they can find your book and read more details about this. My book, The Moral Police, you can find it on Amazon. That's the best place to find it. And um, my Instagram is Janelle Perez official. So thank you guys so much for having me. Of course. Awesome. Thank you so much. 
And everyone, don't forget to tune in next week for an all-new episode where we talk more dating and relationshipy stuff with sexpert Susan Bratton, who shares her predicted sex trends for 2021. And you can bet it does include polypods. And if you want to join the class of master daters, don't forget to follow us on social media at Complicated Show. And it's complicated wherever you get your podcasts to rate and comment. And also, while you're there, tell a friend. And you can follow me at Lauren Leonelli on all the social meets. And you can find me at Jennifer Golden on all the social meets. Love you long time. You're on a hot date with Jennifer Golden and Lauren Leonelli. And now it's complicated. <laughs>